Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Heidi Ho and hello again, everyone. Jan L. Burt of The Burt Not Ernie Show coming to you today to talk about God's promises. It is so important for us to know God's word, to know what he has promised us, and then to pray for God's will, for his promises, for what he has said to us in his word, for that to come to pass in our lives. Praying for his will to be done and for his kingdom to come here on earth, right where we find ourselves living out our day-to-day lives, right? So that's where we want to see the kingdom come. That's where he wants to see the kingdom come. Um, So that's what we want to be praying about. We're going to do some of that today. We're going to look at Psalm 32. I am reading from the Christian Standard Bible today, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. That's the whole psalm in its entirety. And uh, then we're going to talk about it. Okay, verse 1. How joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is a person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained, as in the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. Do not be like a horse or mule without understanding that must be controlled with bit and bridle or else it will not come near you. Many plans, I'm sorry, many pains, pains, many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Okay, that's the end of Psalm 32. And sorry about that. Um, I said many plans instead of many pains. It's I, As soon as I started to read that verse, verse 11, um, or verse 10, it just kind of, my mind was going to another Bible verse. Um, many are the plans of the, uh, anyway, yeah, but the Lord directs his steps. Uh, sorry about that. So many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Okay, verses six and seven are calling us to pray, to pray kind of like big and bold, you know, like, therefore, let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately is what it says. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. I feel like a few words kind of jump out at me here. Um, I don't know if you'd call them keywords, but they they stand out. Let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately. Are you faithful to your Lord, to Jesus? If so, if so, if you are faithful to the Lord, could you become a quick prayer? By that, I mean a person who prays quickly, you know, with like expediency. When the floodwaters come, and they will, 
immediately pray to the Lord. Take it straight to Him. There is not another viable option. I mean, seriously. Seriously, have you found anything that can take the place of prayer? I doubt it. I mean, I sure haven't. And honestly, I don't even want to look. I don't even want to try to find something that would take the place of prayer. I want to be a quick prayer because I want to just take it all right to my Father. That's, you know, Jesus really is the right answer for every so every problem. He's a solution for every need. He's just, he's it. He is our all in all. And I want to just be quick about praying and going to him. I don't want to even look for something to take the place of prayer. Often though, we're not looking for it. It's just like sort of happens, you know, like you busy yourself with another round of Candy Crush or whatever, and you just aren't really, um, not really spending time with the Lord in prayer. And I do play Candy Crush probably too much. I'm past level 3000. So I'm not preaching to anybody but myself when I say that. Okay. So um, all that to say, let's get back on track, Jan, because when I do what this Psalm says, and I immediately go to God in prayer, immediately, I am relieved of my burdens and my worries and my cares and my concerns and my stressors. And I have a couple of those. I am blessed with a renewed mind. I become more loving. I leave my cares with the Lord. I'm able to finally think a little bit less about me, myself, and I, and really plug in and care about other people. I get ample amounts of his peace when I go to him immediately. And yeah, you know what? That's worth, um, it's worth all the gold in Fort Knox, you know? It really is. I get more joy, more rejoicing. I'm much more willing to spend time in praise and worship and a lot less willing to spend time fretting and feeling anxious. It really is a win-win, this going immediately to prayer. So I want to do that, like quickly, chop, chop, right away, immediately. Verse 7 has has some amazing promises in it. He is our hiding place. Well, that's pretty fantastic to think about. I mean, what comes to mind for you when you think of the Lord as your very own personal hiding place. I hope, I hope that that brings you comfort because I'm pretty sure God's intention by saying that he's your hiding place is for you to be comforted by that. He wants that to bring you comfort. God as your hiding place should equal increased comfort for you. Okay, so it says, you, Lord, are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. Whenever trouble comes, I am hidden. Isn't that a tremendous promise? I am. You are protected from trouble. This is not me adding a little extra to this verse. I'm not adding anything more than what is here. This is what it actually says. Psalm 32, verse 7, Christian Standard Bible. I know, trust me, I really do know. It does not always seem to be our reality. It's like, well, when, what about when trouble has come, Jan? And uh, hmm, how'd that promise play out? I get it. I get it. It doesn't always seem like we're protected from trouble. This is, I guess, maybe one of those hard teachings, I suppose, because it can be really hard to believe that, you know, that this is actually true for me when I have been on the receiving end of um, some trouble now and then. But, and this is a really important, really big, you know, this is serious, but I have to make a decision. Am I going to believe God's word or not? Am I going to believe God's word or am I not? I'm not being mean here. This isn't me being snarky. I'm speaking mostly to myself and you kind of get to be the one to overhear the way that I'm talking to myself. Okay. It's like this, Jan. Hey, Jan, do you believe this or do you not? Is he really your hiding place? Yes or no? (laughs) My answer is yes. I do believe it. Yes, he is my hiding place. So the next thing I have to do is just make a decision to believe that he is 
and will continue to be about the good work of fulfilling his promise that he made here to protect me from trouble. It's his promise. Nobody forced him to make this promise. It's up to him to keep it, and he will. I've said this before. God's a good promise keeper, and he's an excellent, he's a perfect promise keeper. Leave the keeping of the promise to him. Leave the keeping of the promise to him. But the believing or the disbelieving of the promise, that's on you and me. That's our job, the work of belief. And it is work, but it's worthy work. It also says he surrounds us with joyful shouts of deliverance. So, you know, I'm not totally sure how this works in the spiritual realm. I really, you know, I can't see what I can't see. But I do know that all the things that are going on around us that are not... um they're not visible to our to our human eyesight, right? You know, those are like the most real, the realest part of reality. So um, even trying to imagine what it's like to have God shouting joyfully about our deliverance, I'm, I don't, I can't really picture it. But what I can discern from this is that the devil and his little minions that do his bidding, they don't want to be hanging around when God Almighty is shouting joyful shouts about his deliverance, about how he is and will always be about the work of delivering his people. This is awesome. This is awesome. I am hidden from floodwaters whenever they come. I am protected from trouble. I am surrounded by shouts of deliverance because I pray to the Lord immediately. Let me read that again. If you checked out for a second, please listen. I am, you are hidden from floodwaters whenever they come. I am, and you are protected from trouble. I am, and you are surrounded by shouts of deliverance because, why? Because we pray to the Lord immediately. Is it not worth it to take it to him immediately to get all these benefits? Oh yeah, it's worth it. Oh yeah. Verse eight, this is a pretty common verse to memorize. It's familiar to so many of us. And um, I think it, it's I think it's the only verse I referenced twice in my devotional, The Power of God's Will, 40 Days of God's Promises. Uh, you can get that on Amazon if you would like to look into it. Um, I referenced it twice because it's amazing. It's a great promise. It's really important, this verse. Um, it's helpful when we grasp what is promised in it. I mean, it's actually helpful. It helps you in your everyday walking around, living on this planet life. Okay, so I'm not going to give a whole lot of commentary about this verse, Psalm 32.8. I'm just going to encourage you to read it, to read it, to think about it to choose to trust God to do in your life for you on your behalf, exactly, specifically everything he has promised here. And I'm going to be sharing this verse on my social media all throughout the week. This is um, July 13th is when this episode is releasing of 2021. I'll be sharing on Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, just all the places, mostly to kind of remind me of what this verse says. And here's what it says in the Christian Standard Bible. I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. Yeah, it's pretty great. That's um, <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Think of what God's promising you there. Nothing is outside of the realm of that. You have all that you need in just this one single promise. So I'm going to be sharing about it kind of um, to remind myself as much as you, because, you know, they say when you write something down, you remember it better. And for me, when I um, type something out, um, I remember it better. So if I take the time to go you know, throw it up on different social media outlets, I definitely am going to remember it better because I'm kind of writing it down by typing it out. And my role for myself this week is this. This is like my work this week. 
Jan, believe. Do the work of really believing Psalm 32, verse 8 this week. What could be radically and vastly and enormously different for me if this week, for one week, I really believe just this one verse of the Bible? Yeah, that's my experiment that I'm trying out this week. I hope you'll try it too. Verse 9. Verse 9 is telling us about something we should not do. Don't be. So when God's word speaks to us about a don't, it's a really good idea for us to kind of pay attention. Don't what? Don't be like. Don't be like a horse or a mule, a stubborn horse, it says, or a mule. Don't be without understanding, having to be controlled by a bit and bridle. Think of a mule. A mule has tons of strength. They are very strong. They have ample strength to do whatever task it is that has been set before them. But sometimes a mule does not want to do that task, period. The mule wants to do what he wants to do. And you're going to have a really hard time coaxing or coercing or forcing the mule to do otherwise. Don't be like that. Really? I mean, isn't that what God's just saying to us here? Look, being compared to a stubborn mule, it doesn't seem very flattering at all. But God is not in the flattery business. He's not. He's not in the sugarcoating business. He's not. He is a holy God and he desires each of his children to become more and more like his son, Jesus. Romans 8.29 says, becoming conformed to the image of his son. God's interested in holiness, and he wants everyone to come to salvation, none to be lost. So flattery, it's not really in God's wheelhouse, you know what I mean? So the Bible, it just says the things we need to hear without a whole lot of mincing words. Don't be like a stubborn horse or a mule. And you know, like, that's pretty much that. There it is. But I do want to say, we want to apply the don't be like to all areas and all aspects of our lives, not just some of them. It's really easy to think you're applying a portion of God's word to the whole of your life, but actually upon a little bit of investigation and introspection, you're only applying it to some parts. So I want to encourage you to apply this to all parts of your life. Don't be like a stubborn horse or a mule in any area of your life. Pretty please. Like this is dangerous. It's dangerous spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally to be stubborn like a mule. So just don't, just don't. Verse 10, yet another promise. And this is for, you know, this is for real life. It's good to remember God's word is for real life. It's not just for memorizing. It's not for um, putting on, you know, when you sign a card, maybe you have a verse, you always sign a graduation card with this verse and a wedding card with this verse and a baby card, you know, it's, it's for real life. God's word is for real life. Um, If you've listened to my podcast for a while, you probably know, I really do believe that. I do believe that God's word is for actual walking around, living day by day by day lives. We can apply it to our personal situations, to every circumstance that we're in. We ought to expect it to make an impact, to make a difference, to be a game changer for us. Stuff happens all the time. This world is fallen and we were born into this mess the sin and just all of its grossness and sin is gross. We have this promise though, and it gives us hope. It assures us that the one who trusts the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him or her. I could list a dozen verses about the faithfulness of God, but this is already sort of a long episode. I'm looking at my time and I'm already kind of going longer than I thought I, I would. I'm going to wrap it up early actually. Um, cause I'm just going to do that. I'm gonna keep it shorter summertime and nobody got time for this. So um, I could list a dozen, a dozen verses about the faithfulness of God. 
And maybe I'll just do an episode in the future where I just read those. I mean, it could be an episode where I just, it's good to have someone just speak Bible verses over us to cover our lives with that truth of how faithful our God is. So I'm going to do that. I'm thinking right now that that may even be the next episode. It'll just be me speaking over you and maybe praying over you about the faithfulness of God because he's faithful to you. Uh, It's powerful. You know, when, when we are reminded that he cannot, that he will not ever be anything other than faithful, that's a big deal. That's pretty valuable. Maybe you could do that for somebody today. Maybe you just send a text as soon as you get done listening to this or pause it and send the text real quick. Encourage somebody, remind them of the faithfulness of God. So um, yeah, I think that'll be coming up. But for today, look, just remember, you are surrounded by his faithful love. Surrounded by it. You're surrounded by it. Wow. Yeah, just wow. Verse 11, what are we to do now according to this very last verse from Psalm 32? So what are we to do with this, these promises, this information? What do we do with it? Well, I'll tell you, but wait, there's more. With this amazing hope and all of the promises, we are to be glad in the Lord. And, and don't, make, don't, don't make any mistake about it. When you have this many promises packed into a small portion of God's word, you need to have hope. This is giving us hope. If it doesn't give you hope, I want you to go back and listen to me reading the verses again. Just go back the first couple of minutes of the podcast and listen again. Get yourself some hope, okay? It's right here in it. This is giving us hope. And all these promises tell us to be glad in the Lord. Verse 11 says that. We are to be glad in the Lord. Rejoice. That's what we're to do with this psalm. Shout for joy. Hey, When's the last time you actually really shouted for joy? It's probably been a while, like shouted for joy. Yeah, it's been a minute, right? Well, today is as good a day as any to give it a try. And then earlier in this psalm, it says we have reason for joy because our transgression is forgiven. Sin is covered. When God does not charge us with our actual terrible, yes, I gone and done did that iniquity, dirty, rotten sin that we commit, When there's no deceit in us, when we are confessing and we are repenting, not hiding, not shucking and jiving about our sins, but we're honest with him and we really repent. uh, Yeah, you know what? That's how to be a joyful person. That's how to live as a joyful person. That is what verse 11 of Psalm 32 says. Um, Actually, it's verse 11, but then we go back up to the beginning. Sorry about that. Verse 11 is how we need to be joyful and have hope and um, shout for joy. Verse 1 and verse 2 talk about that joy that comes from being repentant. So sorry about that. I didn't want to say it was verse 11 and when it was verses 1 and 2 and 11. Okay, so what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? I think it just means really looking at your life, maybe in your prayer time, and saying, when I pray, am I? how often am I actually repenting? How often am I saying, Lord, would you look into my heart and, and show me if there's anything I need to talk to you about anything in there that you don't want there that maybe I can't see because the thing I think that needs to go right now there may be some other thing that isn't even on my radar that the Lord's like I want that to go I want that have you ever had God say that to you kind of speak to your heart and say I want that and you're like oh yeah I didn't even really think I haven't even that's so second nature for me to do that or think that way or whatever um yeah okay yeah you can have that never thought about that before spend time talking with him about what he wants to fix and change 
and renew and redeem in your life. And that is really the fruit that's born of repentance and a joyful life, right? So um, spend some time being honest with God, actually truly repenting. That's how to be a joyful person. That's how to live a joyful life. So, um, you know, maybe maybe that's not what you were thinking would be the path to a joyful life. If, if you know, you had to answer a multiple choice question, that might not even make the list of A, B, C, or D choices, right? It's not... You don't think of it as an option, but it's the truth. Here it is in black and white for us to read in our Bibles. Joyful living comes from keeping short accounts with God. By that, I mean regularly repent. Let him look at your heart. Repent and be joyful. Get yourself forgiven by doing the work of repenting. And then you're going to get yourself a whole lot of joy. So can you spend some time in prayer? Can you maybe talk to God? Ask him to look at your heart, to look over your life, show you what might be there that needs to be brought before him with honesty, receive his forgiveness. Also, really important, receive the joy he offers. Sometimes we receive the forgiveness, but then we beat ourselves up for the next, you know, however many days, weeks, months, years about that thing that he's forgiven us of. He wants us to receive the joy that he offers too. True joyfulness is so, so worth true repentance. I'm going to say that again because it's worth saying again. True joyfulness is so worth true repentance. It is. Okay. Um, You know what? I think, yeah, I could say more, but I'm going to go ahead and stop there. So I am actually going to end. I thought I was running long at about the 14-minute mark, and now, dun, 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 not so much. Here we go. I'm going to wrap it up right here. Um. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for telling me when to stop. Okay. Okay, my friends, that's it for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so thankful that you were here. Grateful when I get to spend this time with you, just talking about the promises of God. Um, no big major announcements or anything other than this one. Um, I am going to start putting podcasts on YouTube. I mean, you can do that. Uh, you don't have to actually record your face. There's lots of options to do that. Um, You know, YouTube is a search engine that people use when they're looking for things. And there are people in the world right now that are just looking for God's promises. So I'm going to share it there. So if you wouldn't mind, would you pray that I can um, do that efficiently, effectively, and just for the Lord's glory, just for his word to get out there for more people. There might be people that might stumble across it that would listen and that would that would meet Jesus as a result. Wouldn't that be great? So if you would pray for that, that would mean a lot to me. Okay, so remember, God's promises are for you and they're for right now. Yep, they're for your future too. Yeah, but they can they can be for your future and for your today at the same time. You know what I mean? So grab hold of the promises of God for your life and live believing. And I uh, did a little um, Bible study with a group of people, somebody else's um, private group, her audience, we did a Bible study together on Friday. And one of the things I prayed over them at the tail end of that time together, almost two hours we spent together, was for each of them to have a promise from the Lord that they knew was theirs. That if they didn't have a life verse, if they didn't have a life promise, uh, that they would get one. If they needed a specific promise for this right now season, like maybe this week, that God would give them one. And that's my prayer for you right now, too. If you don't have one, I'm asking God to give you one. So I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to finish my recording. And then I'm actually going to pray that over everybody who will listen to this podcast, that whatever the promise is that you need right now, you would get it. And if you don't have a life first kind of a promise, 
that he'd give you one of those too. And he will. He's faithful to do that. So grab hold of the promises of God for your life and live believing. And if you don't have one, I'm believing that you're going to get one soon. Okay. Because he wants you to believe him for good things. He has good things to do in your life. I will see you next time for episode 70. Thank you so much for being here. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.